Welcome back to Draft Vice. We're here again with Mr. Harry Van Ness. We hey had there. to get him back on. Yep. It's lot, 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 lot to talk about today. It's exciting. Super exciting. Yep. Because uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, you guys already have heard about this. I've even posted about it. Uh, Jamal Adams was traded to the uh, to the Seahawks. Yeah. So today we're talking about the Seahawks. Yes. For, for two first-round picks, which would be which wouldn't be bad if your team actually knew how to draft. Yeah, let's get into this because actually the Jets have a lot of things that gone on today. Um, also, you know, if you know, there's the opt out clause. C.J. Mosley. Yeah, so C.J. Mosley is now is like who is now the Jets' best player after Jamal Adams was traded. Yeah, I mean, it was looking like that he was going to be their best player. So now C.J. Mosley has opted out for this season. His contract's going to toll till next season, supposedly. Um, he's got a big contract on them anyway. Uh, damn it, man. Jets are in a very weird bind. Uh, they did get, let's talk about the trade first. We're going to talk AFC East today. Then we'll talk a little bit of, uh, AFC, uh, e AFC East and AFC, uh, NFC East. Right. So, um, all right, let's talk about, how do you feel about this as a Jets fan? With former, Jamal Adams trade. Now a former Jets fan. Now a former, wow. Yeah. Jamal Adams, he was the only reason I even watched anymore. You know, them drafting Sam Darnold over Lamar Jackson. Like, I knew that would be bad. That was sort of the beginning of the end for me. But kept watching because Jamal Adams put 110% in every play. And you, it's like, and he looked like he had potential to be, like, top five safety of all time. Not, like, not of this era. I'm talking about all time. And you don't, no matter, you... When you get a player like that, you have to do what you can to make him want to stay. And quite frankly, like what hiring Adam Gase as your head coach, like I I don't blame him for wanting out. So yeah, uh, I so I'll I'll be the flip end of this, and I've been very pro trading. I'm not pro trading him. I'm not pro trading away good players. What I am for is getting value, especially when you are like we knew. Okay, so like I said before, and I did this. We talked about this before. I've posted about it. I think the number one option here was extend him and extend him for a good deal. Yeah. Just we're not interested in doing that. Okay, fine. If you're not doing that, you don't plan on doing that, you clearly have an unhappy player who's played at an all-pro level, you're not getting the real value out of him, you're not getting a value of a contract extension, the second best thing to do would be to trade him for as much as you can get. Right. And I think they got as much as they could get. One of who, I, who also else I blame for this? Bill O'Brien. Why, you ask? Because one of the teams on Jamal Adams' list were the Houston Texans. And what does he do? Trade fucking DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts. So if he just held on to him a little bit, he could have gotten an all-pro safety and the Jets could have gotten arguably a top, could have gotten like one of the best receivers in the game. But All right, so let's look at this from the Jets' point of view, right? Two right. first-round picks mm -hmm. and a third-round pick and Bradley McDougal for Jamal Adams and a fourth-rounder. All right, Bradley McDougal's a solid safety. Right. Uh, two first-round picks is a lot, right? It is. Now, granted, Seahawks are usually picking at the back end of the first round every year, so it's not a high-valued first-round pick. But if you want to— first-round pick nonetheless. It's a first-round pick nonetheless, and if you want to move up and down the board, again, you got that extra third-rounder. Joe Douglas has been utilizing draft assets to move up and down and to gain draft assets to be able to draft more players. So a first rounder this year, there is an there's two different ways to look at it, right? You can look at it as 2020 is gonna suck anyway. Who knows if we're gonna win? It's all a crapshoot because guess what? We are you know everybody can get sick one week and COVID might just torch the you season. You watch, I could see I could see Sam Darnold getting COVID like week two, like uh, like it did back with to mono. back years. <laughs> the only dynasty the Jets are gonna be experiencing. Yeah, so th that. That is a risk, and there is an argument that that's a good calculated risk to say, listen, we know that we are not going to be playing to – we don't think we can play to win this year. Maybe we can, but it's going to be more of a crapshoot than usual. It's not – we don't have uh, – you know, we don't have the – you know, we don't have the – if all our guys are healthy, we don't always know that they're going to be able to play because of COVID. Uh, let's kick the can down the road a little bit, get some draft picks. Now, the reverse end of that is having a 2020 draft pick might not be that great of a thing either Yeah. because there might not be college football this year. So you also have the reverse end of it where they're going to be doing a lot of their drafting based off of, 
you know, how a particular player, like players, a player did last year. Yeah, and college players, they do improve dramatically from like one year to the other. Like, yeah, because like, you're not like, always getting playing time. Like 2018, Joe Burrow was met. 2019, Joe Burrow, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you, you are you don't always get to see them. The whole point of them not coming out. Now there's going to be guys like Trevor Lawrence and guys who you're looking at, but there's going to be a lot of guys who, if they got to play a full season this year, they, when they're coming out, like nobody knew. Like, like he said, Joe Burrow was one of them. Like nobody was even thinking about Joe Burrow this time two years ago. Uh, it happens every year. Guys kind of pop up. Uh, you even look at the Jets' own defensive line. You know, one of the guys they took just two years ago. It, it, nobody was talking about him the year before because he was a rookie. Uh, he was a he's a freshman, freshman so yeah. he wasn't playing. Um, the Alabama defensive lineman. Why can't Quinton Williams? Quinton Williams, yes. So again, like you have a guy like him who you would not have seen. You know, you wouldn't know going into a draft without a college season that he was going to be a good pick. So there is that risk. They they might have no games. They might have limited games for college. They might have a couple of all-star games to help go ahead and promote. Like we don't know what's going to end up happening with college players right now. Uh, going, a lot of them might skip coming might skip coming out because they're saying, listen, we don't have, we don't have a year of tape. So let's red shirt and come back next year. So, but I think the, the crux of this trade was the 2021 draft pick. Yeah. I think that helps a little bit of value. Um, there are guys who've already made the decision that they're not even going to play this year. They're just going to train. Uh, I forget who it was, but there was at least one star cornerback coming out this year, uh, coming who might be coming out. He's definitely coming out next year. So uh, a college star. So again, we're going to see a lot of. It might be a hard year for the draft, but we're going to see maybe still potential value in it. Yeah. And, and again, there. Yes, it goes both ways. If there was ever a year to kick the can down the road, I mean, the Seahawks draft pick could be the third overall draft pick because the whole team gets COVID for three or four weeks. But if the whole team gets COVID for three or four weeks, it might just end the season right there. Yeah. So, outside of that, we also have the C.J. Mosley issue. Now you are missing two leaders on defense. Now, Mosley didn't play much last year either. Literally well, when he was, he was the best player on the team. Like like him, like him getting hurt in the week one against Buffalo is what really blew it for them. So, yeah, they're not going to have him. They're going to have that D-line. They're going to get a little cap space out of that. His contract's going to toll till next year. So there was a little bit of rumors. I think Mr. Bradley McDougal, the new safety, was uh, was spreading these rumors. Hey, you know, we have... Uh, we have some spots on the team. Let's go get Jadavian Clowney, right? Yeah. So that would be an interesting addition to that team, having Jadavian Clowney to go into the D-line mix on that room. That might help with the loss of Jamal Adams and C.J. Mosley. Uh, I, if you're playing for the future and you're trying to build up assets, you also don't know if there's going to be a cap crunch next year. That might not be the best method. Yeah. Um. The other issue that I'm seeing here with the Jets is, uh, I, I mean, the thing I do like is they do have decent safety depth for this year, right? McDougal, Marcus May, Ashton Davis, right? Right. Ashton Davis, you could have him line up 3,000 yards away from the line of scrimmage. So you're going to be well set at safety. It's, you're not going to have an elite level safety who could play nickelbacker if you want him to. But uh, it, it's going to be a weird year. I think it's going to be a developmental year. I think it's going to be a year where we're going to see if they want to stick with Gase or move on. Um, spoiler alert, move on. So, yeah, that, that I think that's what 2020 is. They want to see what they can get from Gase, if Gase can actually make them competitive. They liked what they saw at the end of the year from Gase. Um, part of the Jamal Adams thing, and I haven't gotten to talk about this much yet, I, I just wanted to touch on this a little bit, was they had promised him money early on, then they kind of took, they backed off on it. And one of the things that came to my attention from one of the articles that was uh, the one that I think actually the interview with Manish Jamal Meta. Adams, yeah, Manish Mehta's one, uh, apparently there was like a directive from the Johnson brothers to not spend a lot of money or not spend a lot of cash because they were cash trapped. There's a difference between ca salary cap and cash. Cash is the real money. Cap is the stuff you hear on the internet about, oh, they have $3,000 in cap this year. So... There were some issues as far as cash and the amount that they can give away on a guaranteed contract, which is why you saw them go for a lot of tier three and tier two players that just 
they they were not going to be able to like they didn't go for anybody big right there was a lot of rumors they were going to go for Conklin yeah. and throw a lot of money at him they didn't do that they went for a lot of like tier three tier four like players went a bunch they, they kind of went and threw through the through a boatload of guys in there which might be a smart move in the long run you never know because guys develop um what are your feelings about the Jets going into this year do you want to move on to your new team the Bills yeah I think Jets are going to be bottom feeders and yes I'm <laughs> go go with Buffalo. I was thinking about maybe switching to Chicago, but I couldn't do that because one, I love Aaron Rodgers too much. I I can't root against that well, guy. He might be on that team next year too. The Bill. Well, Chicago. Uh, oh, Chicago. That's, Aaron Rodgers might be on that team in a year or two. That's true. But it's like, but also, uh, I I hate the Patriots so much. I want to keep hating New England. So, and three, I did. It's like a, it's not a complete bandwagon move because I did live in upstate New York for three football seasons, so I actually was watching the Bills instead of the Jets because they were what was on TV. So there you go. Um, but any last thoughts on the Jets other than the bottom feeder talk or bottom feeder? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a year where they're they're trying to see what they have. They're you know they're going to have to pay Sam Darnold in the future. Um, Basically, it's going to see what you get from Sam Darnold. That's what this year is. See what you can get from Sam Darnold. See what you have as far as the weapons on the offense. You know, they have uh, Denzel Mims. They have uh, Crowder. They got a Brashad. They got Perriman. Yeah, so I think those are a lot of interesting pieces. See what they can get out of those guys. Um, they have the tight ends as well. So I, I, I kind of like what they have. I think they're going to be – Greg Williams will coach up the, the defense a little bit. Greg Williams is the only team thing that team has going for it. Yeah, I think you'll see some steps yeah. forwards from the from the D, like from some of the D linemen this year. Uh, offensively, you better see a step forward because otherwise, Gase is out. So should have been out midway through last year, but they've got a brand new O line. A lot of guys that they signed, a couple guys, you know, they drafted a guy or two as well. With uh, and Becton. Becton's the the star of their draft, right? Um, I thought they had a good draft, so I think it, it's interesting. I think it's going to be a developmental year for them. I think it's going to get the guys on the field, get some meshing going on, and then next year is going to be the next step forward. Hopefully they get somebody else in there outside of Gase. It just doesn't seem like Gase is the guy. So let's move on, right? We'll talk Buffalo Bills. Let's go. Sean McDermott. I'm a huge fan of Sean McDermott. I liked watching their interviews. I liked uh, I like talk, I like it uh, when uh, Brandon Bean gets on the screen as well. I learned a lot from their draft this year. They are very uh, they they come up with unique ways to address issues, right? So I, I dig it. I like uh, I like the Bills. They are probably the odd uh, odds on fair for the first time in like 20 years to win this division. Now that there's no uh, Tom Brady with the Patriots, although Cam pa Newton. Patriots have Cam Newton, they did lose a bunch of guys to COVID because of the opt outs, and we're gonna get to that, right? The the, the COVID opt outs because there's like I think like seven guys opted out for the Patriots, but we'll get into that for a second. Um, with the Bills, Josh Allen needs to take a step forward. He does. Uh, we saw some good things from him last year, right? Well, it's like the one thing I like about Josh Allen. It's which you know separates him from Sam Darnold is Josh. I'm not going to pretend Josh Allen's a great at is that he he could throw deep, but he's not that accurate. But he'll put his body on the line to pick up some extra yards, and the guy you could tell the guy wants to win games. I mean, he's just built differently than Darnold. He is a little bit more straight line speed heavy, um, stronger arm than Darnold at yep. least deep throw ball. But honestly, Don, Darnold's a very accurate more. quarterback. And I, but so Josh Allen's accuracy kind of went up in the short area game last year, which I think is good. It's it's. My big worry with Josh Allen always was, could he develop in that area? And he's starting to show he can. So with the athleticism, the uh, you know now he's going to be a third year into that offense. The the getting used to being you know able to utilize the the short area of the field, and also again building chemistry with some guys. Also, they traded for Stephon Diggs. You got John uh, Smokey Brown, John Brown still there. And then Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley, yeah, such a sweet little uh, team up of uh, receivers. They got to the they got to the playoffs last year with the guys who they had. I and now they got more. I think they got more weapons. I they think do. the Bills have more weapons on offense this year. That's the brilliance of it, right? Also, look for uh, Dawson Knox to uh, tight to improve. end. Yes, well, it's like the one. It's like the one thing. Like I was. If you if you guys know me, you know I'm an Ole Miss fan. He was. I was checking it, to see yeah, if you have any was, Ole Miss gear on you. You don't. Ah, yeah. oh, God. He darn. was. Uh, 
it's like he came is like he's such a contrast from uh, Evan Ingram because he he was rarely utilized as a weapon. Ole Miss, you know, is like obviously we had AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, but still, he, but but like he actually had like a couple touchdowns this year. He had I've looked looked his stats up. Obviously, knowing from watching him play, also he never had a receiving touchdown in college and had like three last year. So I'm, so he improved from college to the NFL in that retrospect. I mean that aspect. Yeah, I, listen, I, I like Dawson Knox. I think there is there was a lot. I actually liked a little bit of. I liked him coming out of the draft. Like I kind of was intrigued by his ability. You know, he had a lot of guys on that team. He was kind of overshadowed by the the talent level of that that of his team. You know, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Marcus Lodge. Yeah, so you had a lot of receivers on that team. That why am I going to throw to the tight end? I got a whole bunch of better guys to yeah, throw to. Exactly. And he's a very the good thing is he's not just you know a, a pass catch tight end he's also solid in the run game as well like i say polar opposites from evan ingram yeah so i i agree with you there i think there's something to see with dawson knox they also now have two running backs that are going to be intriguing they got zach moss in the draft this year uh and devin singletary devin singletary is now into his second year both guys can catch uh, you know run pass routes catch the ball of the backfield very different kind of you know as far as like singletary is more like laterally quick and Zach Moss is more of like the downhill, like he's going to break tackles. He's more of the Kareem Hunt kind of guy. Very, very intriguing combo of running backs to have, though. Very, I, I kind of like that. Like uh, the, they no longer have Frank Gore there, so he's not taking up a spot. He's now moved on to the Jets uh, to hang out with his buddy uh, Adam Gaster. Like I think they have the same birthday or something. They have like the yeah. same. They're the exact same age, so they just bond over things like fishing and um, and doing their taxes. And never winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, and never winning a Super Bowl. Um, Bills defense, uh, they did lose Starla Tulele from uh, from COVID's uh, opt-out. Uh, COVID's opt-out, by the way, is the name of my new band. Um, but in the COVID opt-outs, Starla Tulele, you're seeing a lot more D linemen and offensive linemen do the opt-outs. Why? Because I think they are a little bit more at risk. they're going to be breathing each other's faces every play. Yeah, they're, they're going to be up in each other's faces. They're a little bit more at risk. They're heavy bodies. They have higher BMI. Um, and those are risk factors for COVID. So a lot of these guys are probably going, you know what? It's better for, especially like a guy like Starla Tulele. He's, he's made bank a little bit on that. So he's made some money. He can go ahead and take a year off. You're, I think it's going to be the thing we're going to see with these COVID opt-outs is either the guys who are on the back end of the roster who aren't making much more than what they're already expected to make with the uh, with the opt-out clause because it's only like $150,000 in the opt-out clause. They, you know, with that, they can they could live for the year and then maybe come back. So you're going to see guys on the back end of the roster do it. And then you're going to see guys who have made their nut do it. The guys who have been in the, the NFL for about like five to 10 years. And that's where Star Latula lands on that. But they got Trey White. Love Trey White. Um, they got an interesting amalgamation of corners with uh, EJ Gaines, uh, Josh Norman, uh, Levi Wallace. So the other, the guys opposite of Trey White. It's a nice little amalgamation of guys. Poyer and Micah oh, Hyde at good safety. Good safety duo. Ooh, dude, probably. The best, maybe. Highly underrated. Yeah. That is the highly underrated. That was the key to, I think, McDermott You know, coming in there and taking a step forward with that defense was those two guys yeah. as a signing. Poyer and Micah Hyde, really good combo as far as safeties go. Um, D-line. I mean, they've been there's building no that up with the draft. They took Oliver last year. Took uh, is like. Is like took a, oh, Epinesa this year. Yes, yeah. So they have some intriguing pieces to it. Nobody, uh, you know, Jerry Hughes still very good, but he's kind of getting a little bit older now. Um, there's nobody there who truly shocks and awes you, but they have they just play really well. He get they get the job done. They get the job done. They utilize them well. Uh, they you know they signed a couple of guys in free agency as well. Uh, they I, I think that. The Bills are are going to be like, and I think there's a reason why a lot of people think the Bills are going to be the top end team this year. It, you know, their linebackers are athletic. They've got the top end team for the AFC East because they're the most complete one. You saw them get to the playoffs last year, and there's not much standing in their way from being the top of that division, other than the New England Patriots. Yes, you want to get into that? Yeah. Or last thoughts on the Bills. Um, uh, Bills, I think. I think you're going to see them back in the playoffs this year if there is a, if there is a, a season. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I I could definitely see them maybe 
getting like around the same spot they were last year, maybe getting an extra win, maybe going like eleven and five. I could see them doing. I, I can I could buy that. Maybe that you know they do a little bit better. You know they perform better uh, against maybe a, a little bit tougher of a schedule. Also because COVID's going to be a mess anyway. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe they, they learn from their, their times in the playoffs now. You know, that, that one year in the playoffs, sometimes the following year, they you know, the team gets a little bit better at handling that that big momentum moment of, oh, my God, everything's so – we're in the playoffs. Oh, my God. So, I agree. I think the, the Bills are the lead – you know, the, the top of the AFC East. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's, it's going to be – let's move on to the, to the team that used to be the top of the AFC East. New England Patriots. Yes, the New England Patriots, Billy Belichick's team, um, the sexy check, if you will. No longer with the Tom Brady. No, they've got, uh, they've got an odd receiving core. They signed Marquise Lee in the offseason, but now he's opted out on the COVID. They have a lot of guys who have opted out on the COVID. And uh, we'll touch a, a little bit on a couple of those guys. A lot more on, uh, let's see, they had, they had a couple, they had Marcus Cannon, the offensive tackle, right? So their offensive line is going to be a little wonky, right? But they still got pieces there uh, with Isaiah Wynn, Joe Thune. They got a lot of, a lot of pieces on the O-line. Uh, I think that the key thing here is the quarterbacks, right? Right. Stidham, Hoyer, sexy, sexy Hoyer. And of course, Superman Cam, Cam Newton. Uh, I think, you know, I, I did an episode on Cam Newton and him going there. If he makes the team, if he if he wins the starting job, if they decide to design a te- like an offense for him, they can do a lot with him, and they can kind of play ball control. They could utilize his legs. They could utilize the run game. He's gotten a lot better at short area accuracy. I the only worry I have with Cam, and I said this before is adapting to the playbook when he was signed so late. And by doing that, you're you're having to adapt to a lot of option routes, being on the same page as the receivers. Now, we saw, you know, Billy O'Brien who runs a very similar system kind of adapt his system to Deshaun Watson. So, this isn't totally like irrelevant. Like it's not like it can't be adapted to him, but they've got to make the decision to do it. Um, but they, you know, it's been done. Thing is, though, you know, obviously Cam's a lot older than Deshaun Watson is, and when you draft Deshaun Watson, he's there to be a, your long-term guy, your franchise QB. Cam just come in there to be a band-aid, basically. To this is true. This is very true. Um, what I'll say about that is, you signed him. They signed him to a cheap deal. Like they got him for peanuts. Uh, uh you have what you have. Are you gonna try and go with Stidham and Hoyer? Or are you going to try to be like, hey, we got the sexy, you know, old Super Bowl MVP kind of guy. Let's go ahead and start up the engine on this guy and go. And it's not like uh, uh, McDaniels is not used to having athletic quarterbacks. He's had them before. You know, uh, there was a guy who got he he uh, he drafted in the first round not too long ago that got him to a playoff game who couldn't throw a ball against air. Tebow? Yes, yes. Uh, I was I was waiting for some kind of response. Yes, Tebow. Oh, th- I think McDaniel's was out by then, was he? No, he drafted him. That was it was his draft, wasn't it? No, I think he, I think he. Oh yeah, no, you're right. That was his draft. I no, I was like I was, I was thinking that McDaniel's came in in 08, not a, yeah. He got fired later that year, but yeah. So he got you have uh, a guy who knows a little bit about utilizing the athletic quarterbacks, um, and, and I think this is. Uh, if they do go with Cam, I think that's their best shot, right? I think that's their best shot to win now. If you are trying, I can understand them being like, listen, we have a lot of guys who run the same system, right? We got a lot of guys who run this system, been here for years, took them years to get onto this. Um, you know, you look at their receiving core, still very weird, right? Um, Nikhil Harry, who they drafted last year, who kind of didn't really get to play much. Julian Edelman, who's going to be like, I don't know, is he going to, I mean, granted, they could use him as a QB at some points. He has yeah. done that before. Is is uh is like he had the uh, longest uh, touchdown pass in Patriots playoff history the past twenty years. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so Edelman uh, might be the, the the backup at some point or be playing at QB. Uh, I like to see him kind of get get used to playing with Cam Newton. That's a lot of weapons to have on the field. They still have James White. They still have Sony Michelle. Um, Marquise Lee, who they signed in the offseason, he's now opted out of this season. Uh, they don't have uh, what's his name anymore. The the deep threat who used to be on the Colts, they don't have him anymore. I, Dorsett, yes, Dorsett. He so 
there's not as much speed on that team, but I I think if you're utilizing the the run game and Cam Newton and Sony Michelle and the guys who you have on there, plus Rex Burkhead is like a receiving running back as well, who happens to you know be there to also be a cheerleader sometimes. I don't know. They have a lot of good pieces there. He could be utilized. Um, you know, he also kind of plays slot receiver. Uh, defensively, they uh, Dante Hightower is no longer going to be in this year because he opted out. Chung pa- uh, passed Chung. on this year. Yep. So they're missing a lot of pieces as far as uh, defense goes. There was there were some memes going out there about hey, you know, uh, maybe Belichick's kind of playing the long game here and telling his guys like, hey, take the year off. You guys get to be healthy. We'll come back next year. We'll go ahead and win a Super Bowl. Meanwhile, I get the, the number Trevor one. Lawrence. Get the Trevor Lawrence pick. So I don't know if that's really true. Uh, it is kind of funny to think about that. Just Bill Belichick's twenty yard, twenty four, miles away. Forty, ahead. 40 chess. He is just he's way ahead of everybody, and he's good. Listen, he he's going to be a good coach for as long as he's going to be coaching. Um. Without the pieces that they have, I mean, they still have Gilmore. They still have a lot of their their cornerback core. Uh, they still have the the McCourty brothers. Uh, they have the the two uh, is it Michigan, Michigan? Yeah, the the two Michigan guys that they've drafted, uh, Chase Winovich and uh, oh, who was the other guy's name? They drafted him this year. I'm sure it'll come to me in two seconds. But they they got a, an intriguing D line. Uh, they got you know. They have been able to to just make. They've been able to do really well with that team. So I I uh, Bill Belichick always seems to coach around what he's missing, and with the guys that they you know they, they no longer have Jamie Collins. He left. They they lost. Uh, oh, they lost uh, the the D tackle who used to be on the Browns. Um, Sheldon Sheldon something. Anyway, they, they lost him. He's now on the Detroit Lions. That team's going to be hard Richard, to watch. Sheldon Richardson? No, no, he's on the Browns. No, uh, the other one, Danny Sheldon. There we go. It, it always comes to me like two seconds in. I guess I start talking about them, and all of a sudden the name, like, it hasn't come to me yet. It's like it's like downloading. There's like a buffer in my head. I'll start talking about somebody. That, like, di- that dial-up sound going. Yes, it actually, Carrie can hear it while he's in the room with me. But uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll start talking about somebody, and I won't have the name in my head. And as I get to the end of the sentence, the name pops in. It's weird. It's such a weird little superpower, or not superpower, kind of stupid. Because what happens when you don't know the name? Then you're stuck talking about not having a having that dial-up brain. Anyway, um, again, Patriots are going to be a weird one. Patriots, Jets, and even Miami. All three of these teams are going to be uh, like, I mean, luckily it's COVID year, so it's basically a mulligan anyway. Yeah, but. They're kind of in a weird setup. Let's talk about Miami, right? Massive draft haul, right? A lot of weird picks. They got Tua. They got Fitzpatrick. They got Josh Rosen. So the quarterback room, kind of cool. Um, offensive line, I wasn't like a super big fan of any of the picks or uh, free yeah. agents that they got for the offensive line. And their offensive line wasn't great last year, but it, I guess it can only get better. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric Flowers, Hunt, uh, Mark Hunt, who they uh, who they drafted. Uh, they, oh, who's the other guy they got? The, um, the USC guy. They, they drafted some offensive linemen, none of whom I was all that, uh, intrigued by, or I, there was other guys who I thought were sexier at the time. Uh, receiving core, they got Park, they got uh, Devontae Parker, they got, uh, Preston Williams, Preston Williams coming off an ACL. Uh, I think it's going to be a learning year for Tua. I think they're going to let him sit a little bit, learn the playbook. Heal up a little bit. Heal up a little bit, although apparently he's healthy enough to practice and play. Um, I think that it's going to be an interesting team to watch because it's going to be a team that's maybe two years out who we're going to be watching in the playoffs next year. Yeah. Which, hey, dude, I'm I'm excited. I like Brian some... Flores is a good, good, competent coach. Yeah, that's what I like. I like seeing good coaches succeed. I like seeing them put their players up a little a lot bit. A people were expecting Miami to get, like, to go 0 and 16, and and what did it, they end up getting like a respectable like what four and 12? Yeah, so they they ended up winning a couple of games last year uh, towards the end. They they ended up being still a top 10 pick, but they weren't the number one overall pick. They got a lot of cool uh, talent in the offseason. Byron Jones. They get to you know Xavier Howard back. They uh, 
the defense is what's going to be fun. They even drafted, uh, oh, Noah Igbahogany. Yes, that the other corner who they drafted in the first round. So they've got depth at corner. I I love the the defensive concepts that they have with that team, right? They they went after a bunch of interesting D linemen with Ogba and uh, and Shaq Lawson from the the Bills. They have guys already on the team with Wilkins and uh, Gold uh, whatever it starts with a Gold something and it's kind of a Gold Schwartz or whatever. Um, they got some intriguing D linemen. They got Kyle Van Noy, who's going to be like that uh, the linebacking pass rusher kind of guy who people thought was going to stick with. Uh, with New England, and then he's like, well, see you later, New England. I'm going to get paid by Miami. So the defense on that team intrigues me. That, that's the sexy piece, right? Like all the weird, interesting pieces, getting them to gel, all the athleticism, the talent, uh, the ability to play man coverage. I like the, the Miami's defense. Miami's offense, it's still a little bit of a work in progress, right? Offensive line, probably going to be better. Can't get worse, right? That team was pretty bad last year on the offensive line. Receivers, Devontae Parker's kind of the main dude there. Uh, they they have uh, Jakeem Grant and a couple of other you know lesser-known guys there. And then Preston Williams, he's got to come back from injury. They got Mike Gusecki. They, they kind of need a speed element on offense, but with the way that they're going to be running that offense, it's Chan Gailey. He's going to be running a lot of spread. Uh, four guys out there, two slot receivers, kind of like reminiscent of when Fitzpatrick was with the Jets when they had Eric Decker and uh, Brandon Marshall, and they were able to kind of run both those guys out of the slot and just create mismatch issues all over the place. Uh, a lot of power run game. But uh, also, you know, again, they trade for Matt Burrito, so they got a running back that they didn't have to actually, like, draft and I think is actually probably better than what they would have gotten any other spot uh, anywhere at that point in the draft. He's, he's a fast little dude, so they're going to be able to utilize him. Overall, Miami's fun and intriguing. I don't think it's going to be this year's their year. I think next year's their year uh, as far as taking a step forward. Offense still needs to kind of gel, and, you know, again, there's a lot of guys that are brand new to that team. Uh, any last thoughts on the Miami Dolphins? I could see that, like, I do, obviously don't see them as a playoff team, but if there was a season, I could definitely I definitely think they're going to improve. I think maybe, like, the five to six win ratio. Win at- oh, yeah. They can even be seven and nine or eight and eight. Like, I could see them being that hard of an out because, again, it's hard to go to Miami. It is. It's, it's a hard spot, especially now you can COVID just by walking into Miami. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so it's hard playing in Miami on a regular season and it's going to be because it's hot down there. They seem to have a really good home field advantage. They are a hard team to beat out. And with that being said, I think they're going to be an 8-8 eight and eight team. I think they're going to be a hard out. Their defense, again, if their defense is all totally healthy, that is an impressive defense. Um, and intriguing, too. So, AFC East. Let's talk it. Let's bring it. Let's break right. it down. Let's, all right. So, do this new our standing prediction. Yeah. All right. Bottom of the barrel. Jets. I think uh, Miami is going to be number three in the division. And number two with the wild card, I'm thinking Bills. Listen, Bills are my team, but Ooh. but they got a former MVP. I think an improvement at the quarterback position. Yes, Pat's lost some guys to COVID, but if anybody if anybody can make gold out of shit, oh. it's Bill Belichick. Oh. I think Patriots are... Patriots aren't going anywhere. No more doubt for the Billy Belichick here on the podcast. Oh, finally. All right. Um, I got to agree with you a little bit on Jets being four, right? It's just of the teams, they have the least amount of talent, right? That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they can't do well. And the worst coach. I'm trying to do the calculations in my head right now. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. Flores, McDermott, and no, Belichick are all really good coaches. Gase... Even if you are a Gase fan, you can't argue that Gase is better than those three guys. So maybe you could argue Flores, but I really don't think so. Not Flores. Um. All right. So yeah, you're. I agree with you, man. Uh. So yes, Jets at the bottom. Uh. I agree with you there. Miami is three. I think it's going to be another significant improvement. Yeah, I, I do think they're going to make significant improvement. I agree with you there. I think it's going to be Patriots two, Bills one. Uh, I hope you're right. I I just I believe in Sean McDermott. Uh, I think I believe in the talent that's on that team. I believe in the development that's on that team. Uh, and also just because there's a lot of, you know, Bel- uh, Belichick I think will still get a nine-win season out of this team or a ten-win season. But I think that that's just 
my belief in what I've seen with a lot of those players on the Bills' defense and what I think the Bills can get out of their offense. I, I think the Bills can be a very competitive team this year. Uh, and they added. It's, it's Actually, I think of the, th- of the four teams, the one team that I felt like that was already good and improved was the Bills. So, you know, Patriots, no matter what you think, they took a step back, right? They lost players. They lost players to the opt-out. They lost players because of free agency. And because of all those losses and because of the cap issues they were having, they're, they're kind of stuck. Now, granted, you're right. Cam Newton's the fucking wrench. He, he destroys the whole thing. He makes you go, I have no clue. So, I'll give you that. I if I have no I, and Belichick can screw up me all day. I you know Belichick will probably end up winning the Super Bowl this year because it's COVID and everybody else gets COVID. But he found a vaccine and gave it to all his players. He uh, could have started COVID. The, the, it could have totally been his thing. The hoodie makes you immune to the Rona. That's how it goes. Now on to the NFC East, right? The the teams of the NFC East, the Washington team. Who does not have anything other than the Washington team in their title for some reason? Although no, no, football, they have football in their title. Washington, Washington fo- football, football team. team. That's true. You were right. It's what sports journalists have been calling them the past ten years, anyway. So like, yeah, pretty much anybody who's been like, I don't want to be caught saying those words. Um, actually, it's weird. Like no, when you I go won't. down Roto World, mm-hmm. it was like, I think I remember mentioning with like the LA Rams when they changed their logo. I get confused now. I get confused when I see the W just yeah. randomly in the middle of Roto World's logos. But uh. Yeah, they got the Washington football team, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants, right? Yep. All right, so let's. Uh, I think the team to start out with would be the New York Giants, right? We're uh, we're in the uh, the Jersey area. We mm-hmm. we're both not that far. Well, you're in New York, but we're all we're both not right that far. The border, so. We're not that far from the. Uh, we're recording this in New Jersey, right? We're not that far from the Meadowlands. Let's talk about the New York Giants. New head coach with Joe Judge. Nate Solders opted out of his contract this year for COVID. So, good thing is they drafted two offensive tackles, uh, Matt Pert and Andrew Thomas, Mm -hmm. Alabama offensive lineman and a Connecticut offensive lineman. So, they're going to get some real usage out of those guys they drafted. Uh, They drafted also a couple. Yeah, Xavier McKinney. Yep. Second-round guy. They got a a first-round talent in the second round, so. Yeah, so uh, with with Joe Judge, it, here's what I've noticed: the new head coaches, the guys who've never coached before, are going with the 90 man rosters, right? So with uh, with the NFL in their uh, training camp, you have up till August 16th. You could either do an 80 man roster right now or a 90 man roster, and then you have to cut it down August 16th. And and what you do is you have to split the field, basically. Uh, you have two you have two uh, basic setups if you're doing the 90 man, whereas everybody could practice together if it's the 80 man roster. Uh, all the new head coaches, including Joe Judge, Matt Rule, and Kevin Stefanski, went with the 90-man roster, right? I think that's interesting. They seem to be the main ones doing it. I haven't heard of anybody else doing it yet. But uh, So Joe Judge has gone with the 90-man roster. They have, uh, offensive line-wise, they still have Will Hernandez. They still have uh, Zeitler. I like the offensive line. You know, Even without Nate Solder, honestly, Nate Solder was not all that good. So Andrew Thomas might be an improvement right away. Now you get to keep Andrew Thomas on the left side anyway. Yeah. So you're going to walk into this with, hey, we get to keep Andrew Thomas. He's going to be our left tackle. And now we have to switch him from the right side to the left side to the right side to the left side. And we're not worrying about it. Now you know Andrew Thomas playing left tackle. Uh, Pert's going to have to get up to speed playing right tackle in the NFL. Or you know maybe uh, somebody else who they might have. I know they... Uh, they also decided to sign uh, a tackle in the offseason, former Cowboy. Um, can't remember his name off the top of my head. We'll, we'll, we'll touch base on him in a little bit. Uh, so offensive line-wise, it actually might not be much worse than it was last year. It might even be better. Uh, receiving talent, right? They got Darius Slayton. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, basically the same guy, different uh, different genres of them. Um, both kind of slot receiver, but quick, not super fast, but quick, um, guys Golden Tate's but more like a, like a running back, whereas Sterling Shepard's kind of the little bit more slender, 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 more slender, slender, he's slender. Um, anyway, so Darius Slayton though, I liked what I saw from Darius Slayton last year, man, big dude. Has four three wheels, can play on the outside. I think that's a that was an interesting piece to get last year, and he's kind of shown he's maybe the guy who makes me feel like Dave Gettleman's not totally bad at drafting. Um 
you know, Daniel Jones is going to be in year two, right? Athletic, uh, showed a little bit. He's kind of, like I said before, I, I and I said it again, he's Ryan Tannehill. Like, that's what he reminds me of. Athletic, not the strongest, not a cannon for an arm, but solid arm. Um, and if he, if he develops, he will be a solid starter. I don't think he's going to be the world beater. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be Drew Brees. But he can be a a player that will be good, right? He's gonna he can maybe be like in the Alex Smith Tannehill spectrum if that's if that's a spectrum you want to be sense. on. Uh, you surround him with talent, he might get you there. You have uh, Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram, if he could stay healthy, if he could stay healthy, is gonna be a, again. He, he's a listen. What, listen he when, when he's one healthy, he is the best tie in that division. That's I'm, true. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying better than Zach Ertz. I was going to say Dallas Goddard. Goddard? Goddard. 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 Like the dog from uh, Jimmy Neutron. Yes. Yes. Um, but you, uh, I, I, yeah, I think different types of tight ends. Like tight end is like a, it's own, they now, they now make different breeds of tight end. They're not all the same. He's, he is a more unique receiving threat than Dallas Goddard. I think, you know, I, I, depending on what kind of system you want to run, you might like Dallas Goddard better. You might like I, I, you might like Zach Ertz a little bit better. I actually don't. I, I think Zach Ertz is kind of more the in between of those two. Um, sticking with the Giants though, right? And they have Saquon, hopefully healthy this year. Yes. Um, again, very athletic, big dude with speed. And some of the videos I've seen, man, he's just jumping out of the pool like just whoosh, and going. How do you do that? How do you how do you jump out of a pool? Like that, he doesn't make it. He's like squat, like box squat setup, and he jumps out of the pool. I'm just saying, this guy's got more more torque in his legs than some cars do. This guy, he, he's a battering ram. So, I, again, I, I'm intrigued to see what he gets to do. Uh, hopefully, Joe Judge utilizes him in a way that uh, that uh, you could utilize his receiving ability and his running ability. Right, use those wheels. Uh, the big question is Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. We have not seen this for a while, and there's a reason why Jason Garrett doesn't have a job. Now, granted, we have not seen Jason Garrett as a coordinator for a while, yes. so um, I'm more speculative on this. This is actually, I think, the reason why I'm a little less bullish on Joe Judge is maybe the hirings he did than necessarily, you know, him particularly. Uh, I don't. I, I'm. I'm. In, I'm interested in seeing what they can get out of this team. Uh, I honestly don't know what scheme or system they're going to really try to go for either. Like it, it really is kind of a blank check going in. I like a lot of the pieces. Like I, I'll honestly say, could they use some more receiving talent? Sure. But receiving, like offensively, I kind of like it. Like I like Zeitler. I like Hernandez. Mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I loved Andrew Thomas coming out. I I watched Pert's tape. Pert was kind of a fourth round guy to me. Kind of went in the right spot though. Um, so I listen. I like I like the team. Uh, let's talk about defense, right? Defensively speaking, uh, they're gonna get Marcus Golden back. Uh, they got they also got Fackrell for pass rushers. So because what they did with uh, Golden is they hit him with the uh, with a special tender that he had to sign with another team by a certain point just so they can keep the. Uh, Basically, he he got stuck. And he had to sign with another team by July twenty fourth. Otherwise, he had to re-sign with the Giants. He hasn't signed anywhere else. Now he's going to probably be a Giant uh, for this tender. So he came back today. He's joining the team. So you have a couple of interesting pass rushers with Marcus Golden, and uh, they got Fackrell, who they signed in the off season to a one year deal. Uh, D line, man, they've they've invested heavily on D line. Dalvin Tomlinson, um. Uh, shoot, who are the other? They got like sixty. B.J. Goodson, uh, Leonard Williams. Uh, I think there's like thirty-two D linemen on this team. It was all D linemen at one point. It's all what's his name would spend draft picks on. So they got they got a lot of defensive linemen. Uh, corner is going to be interesting because DeAndre Baker's on the uh, commissioner's exempt list. Um. They did sign Xavier McKinney. Uh, they, they drafted him in the second round, like we were talking about before. He's going to be uh, uh, an important piece. They also signed uh, James Bradbury out of uh, Carolina. They got uh, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers, I love. By the way, like this is a pro Jabril Peppers podcast. Uh, That's right. He was a Cleveland before. 
He was in Cleveland. He's also a Jersey guy. Yeah. Um, I I like Jabril Peppers. I actually think he's more talented than Landon Collins, and he's kind of I you know when they lost Landon Collins and they traded for him, I actually thought it was kind of an uh, not an upgrade per se. Depends on what how you're utilizing your safeties. But and Jabril Peppers has kind of showed up, so I like what they have at safety. They're going to run a lot of three safety looks. They're going to run a lot of nickel. Um, he can basically play nickel linebacker hybrid. Uh, really good at shutting down running backs and tight ends. Uh, I just think that's they have so many good pieces as far as the defense goes. Um, they drafted Beal in the the uh, in the uh, the supplemental draft a couple years ago. He's coming back. I, I think. They did plan on having Baker this year because they drafted him last year. Uh, hopefully, you know, his situation gets resolved and maybe he can come back at some point during the season. Currently, again, like I said before, on the commissioner's exempt yes. list. They were way more interested in utilizing the commissioner's exempt list this year. Um, I, I, I heard more players get listed on that this year than I've heard in previous years past for uh you know off the field issues. It sounds like it's a way to avoid necessarily having having to deal with these these off the field incidences if you will, especially with, you know, what was going on with DeAndre Baker with the what was alleged anyway. Uh let's talk about uh you have any other comments, questions, dirty jokes on the the Giants? None whatsoever. It's gonna. We're gonna be learning as much as we can with the Giants going but into this year. I could see them going being like seven and nine or eight and eight. I think they're gonna get a little. I back. could see them being anywhere. I could see them being like a, a four and twelve team. I could see them being a nine and seven team, hmm. because it's such a uh, division. Such a crapshoot this year. Like, well, I well the shoot. one thing is I think there's two teams in their division that are definitely better, right? Yeah, that are in a better situation. I also think that it's a first-year head coach that didn't have an off-season, really. That you're you're coming in with not a lot of run-up time, uh, so guys are coming in and they didn't get really to practice in the scheme. You know, especially depending on what kind of scheme you're going to want to run, it's going to take time to even build up the defense and their defensive scheme. So, I think first year is going to be a rough go of it, especially with COVID for the Giants. I think the Giants are going to have a hard time going of it. So. Let's talk about the next team right now. Pick Washington or Dallas. God dang it, let's go with the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Cowboys, uh, I think a lot of people feel like they are the favorites for this division. I don't agree. They, it's like they did arguably have the best draft out of They had a this. really good yeah. draft. They drafted talented guys. They do. They are missing some pieces, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Travis for, Frederick retired. Travis Frederick retired. Uh, they lost Byron Jones in free agency. Their cornerback room's kind of a weird mess. They got Jadobia Wuzier, Jordan Lewis. Drafted they, Trayvon Diggs. They drafted Trayvon Diggs, brother Stephon Diggs. That always has to be mentioned no matter where you go, brother Stephon Diggs. Not related to Ke'Andre Diggs or Quandre Diggs. They're or, not. That's like not no, a whole not. family. That's not they're an not. NFL family. Nope. That's not a dynasty, the but Diggs dynasty. Wouldn't you watch that show, Diggs dynasty? Diggs dynasty? But Quandre Diggs, he is uh, brothers with Quentin Jammer, former defensive back for the San Diego, now L.A. Chargers. So there's another useless fact for you. I did not know that one. All right. So, uh, so yes, defensively, I feel weird with that team. They lost Robert Quinn. They didn't really get a new pass rusher in the door. Uh, Frank, not Frank Clark, Michael Bennett retired. Uh, basically, they got Tank Lawrence. That's it. They got Demarcus Lawrence. That the rest of that defensive line's a little shaky, right? They did draft um guy out of a uh out uh out of Oklahoma this year. I can't remember him. Lamb. We're talking about like CD I was talking about defensively, but yeah, oh, yeah. So old guy they draft out of Oklahoma. I'm thinking CD. Yes, yeah, CD Lamb. Well, let's talk about CD Lamb. I think receiving core though, man. If there's a talented receiving core Michael, in the NFL, Michael Gallup is their third best receiver. That's that is. Awesome. By the way, Michael Gallup was so underrated. The fact that he fell to them in the third round a couple of years ago, now he is part of a receiving core that is intriguing as fuck. You've got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. That's, see, I thought Michael Gallup was going to be part of the trade package to go after Jamal Adams. Yeah. And honestly, I found out from Dallas people that they value him way more than a first-rounder. Like, Dallas people love him. Yeah. Like, so, there you go. Uh, Michael Gallup's really good. 
he's going to probably play on the outside, and they're going to probably switch between Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamas, who's going to play between the slot and flanker. Um, and honestly, they're going to utilize all three of them in different formations. Um, you know, whether they're going to be – I don't think anybody on this team is going to be purely out of the slot. If there's one guy out of the three receivers that'll probably be more out of the slot than everybody else, it's probably going to be CeeDee Lamb just because he, he's going to be acclimating to the NFL. Man, that's going to be a talented receiving core. That's going to be hard to fight off. And that might be able to help with the missing Travis Frederick issue, right? Yeah. Because they still have the rest of their offensive line. Leo Collins is developed. They still got Zach Martin. They still got Tyron Smith. Yeah. Uh, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, uh, Connor Williams. Center's going to be a question mark, though. There's, there is still, they have Connor McGovern, who's a guy who they drafted a couple years ago. Um, they also have a, uh, they drafted Tyler Biotish, who, Going into the year was considered like an almost borderline first round guy. Uh, so offensive line, yeah, the, the the tackles are good. Guard situation's pretty decent. I mean, Zach Martin's a, an All Pro, and then Williams is okay, and then it's going to be a rotation of three guys at center. Who's going to win that job? Um. So offensive line might take a step back just because center is uh, center is not the most important position on the offensive line, but for them missing out on having like the, you could see the difference from when they had Travis Frederick and when they didn't have Travis Frederick they had a bigger issue not having Travis Frederick i still think they're going to be competitive as hell yeah with that offensive line with those receivers with Zeke Elliott who's just going to be a, a oh how, how did i forget about Zeke when we were talking about all their their Great offensive line, receiving core of their draft. Dude, it's going to be so easy for him. Now, I, I'm going to – here's a hint to my my fantasy thing. He's in the top two for me in fantasy. Yeah. He, going into as, this year. As he should be. Okay, good. I have uh, I have somebody I agree with. Eventually, we're going to – I keep on saying eventually we're going to talk about fantasy on this podcast. Yeah. It's such a weird year for fantasy, too. I just feel so worried about talking about it, and then everybody's like, oh, this guy opted out. <laughs> so let's go ahead and break down into it. Um. And their linebacking core is pretty interesting, too. They got Leighton Vanderesh, although he has a neck issue. There might be questions with him. Jalen Smith. They got Sean Lee, who they brought back. They got they got a decent linebacking core. Uh, new head coach in Mike McCarthy, but not new-new. He's kind of he's – fre- he's like certified pre-owned new, right? right? You get him without having to spend heavy on him. And actually, I think it's probably the reverse. They probably had to spend heavy on him to get him. But – he comes in. He spent his year off learning about how to, you know, be analytical in his game planning. Um, you know, he spent his year off kind of developing his game plan. They got Nolan in there as the defensive coordinator. Uh, they kept Kellen Moore to be the offensive coordinator. So there's a little bit of familiarity with the team and the coaching staff. I I definitely like where this team is going. Like it is fun, and I would not be shocked to hear that they're in the playoffs this year. Granted, you know, COVID, non, we have to kind of keep on, I have to stop mentioning COVID just so we could get the, through everything without having to mention COVID. Yeah. Um, I, I would not be shocked if they are a wild card spot. I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the playoffs because they were doing well, but I just think defensively, they're missing a couple of pieces. Yes. Let's talk Washington and we'll, then we'll round it out with the Eagles. Yes. Washington um, football team. The McSnyders, as they've gotten known as on this podcast. Um, yes, the Dan McSnyder team, uh, changing the name, having issues with the trademark, all that's off the field. And then also some uh, some apparently sexual harassment issues as well. Uh, that's not even dating back to the old thing with the cheerleaders that were a couple of years ago as well. Washington's been basically a, a, a dumpster fire of, oh my God, that's horrible for a long time. Yeah. And at least now they're changing the name. Uh, so let's talk about the the weapons they have on the team. Defensive line is an intrusion. It is hot, man. That is a fun D line. Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. Oh, oh, Kerrigan. Yep, Kerrigan. Deron Payne. This is just a it's a it's a fun, sexy D line. Everybody, they got they got pieces galore. Matt Ioannidis. They they have a good rotation. It is. Whew. Yo, if there's one good thing about this team, it's D-line. There's nothing else good about this team, but all. it's the D-line. <laughs> um, but without ragging on them some more. Uh, linebacking core, 
I mean, they're getting. They might get Ruben Foster back. He tore his ACL last year. He's constantly been injury Has prone. Ruben Foster even played a game for them. I don't know. Yeah, because he had how did he tear his ACL? Oh, that's true. Could have done in practice. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think because I remember he was a rookie for the Niners. They traded him. They got rid of cut him because of the domestic violence thing. Washington picked him back up and <laughs> just showing you yeah. more of the Washington fire. Yep. Um. All right. Well. So linebacking core is not really all that sexy. Safeties, they got rid of uh, you know the corner that was on the team. They they had an okay draft. I, it was actually one of the teams that I felt like had maybe one of the lesser outside of Chase Young was not the best team as far as drafting goes. They had you know uh, uh, Antonio Gandy Golden. They got like a couple of like uh, interesting guys like offensively in the draft. Nothing, nobody who I thought was truly a game changer. Maybe like more of a weapon or a piece. Um, Antonio Gibson. They did draft Sadiq Charles to be the replacement of Trent Williams. That's probably not going to go super well. Um, they have uh, the Brandon Sheriff on the franchise tag. That's going to go okay. Like Sheriff's probably the best piece of that offensive line now. Dylan Moses, hopefully he you know bounces back this year. He had a rough year last year. The rest of that offensive line though is kind of question mark galore. So this team this went from a team that had a really good offensive line to a lot a lot of question marks um receiving core i like terry mclaurin i like terry mclaurin he's good he's one of my favorite players right now there's not much else there that makes me feel comfortable their quarterback rooms uh a quarterback room it's got it's got alex smith who is coming back off kyle allen kyle allen who is Probably actually got the luckiness of being around Ron Rivera for a few years and his coaching staff. That's the thing. I think coming in here, the the thing, the one strength they come in with is that the coaching staff has been together before, right? You got Ron Rivera. You got guys who know him. You got uh, the North Turner's son now kind of running the offense, uh, Scott Turner, who was with Ron Rivera down in uh, Carolina. He also knows Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen was with them in Carolina. They traded for Kyle Allen. So they have a guy coming in who already knows the offense. They got Dwayne Haskins, who they drafted last year. And then they have Alex Smith, who maybe has a leg to stand on. Is out of his mind to be coming back. And also, like, take the year off. Take the COVID money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess you want to get back on the field as soon as you can. But, um, So, yeah, the three quarterbacks all kind of – interesting like i like some of the stuff i saw from dwayne haskins eventually at the end of last year but i don't i'm not really sold on him this could be a total shit show i mean and honestly there was question honestly i was shocked that they they're not forcing dan snyder's hand like they did with richardson down in carolina like that was my first thought when everything came out about the mcsnyder team with uh, the sexual harassment allegations my first thought was well that's another team Ron Rivera went to where the the owner got fired from his own team, which only time like one of the few places you could pull that off getting fired from your own team. Uh cornerbacks they got rid of Josh Norman, um, Quandre Diggs, not Quandre Diggs. Who is was that? No, it was the other guy. Who was the other guy who who went to Seattle who also got in trouble with DeAndre Baker? Not sure. We will we will get back yeah, well. to you on that, folks. Um. Yeah, so they again they had another piece that got you know, like they're they're missing a lot of corner pieces defensively. They're going to be relying heavily on that D line. Uh, outside of that, I'm not excited to watch Washington football ever, and I'm even less so now. So, although again, love Ron Rivera, and I love the name the football team, the Washington football team. They could just do a football as their logo. What would be your favorite name for the the new Washington team? Let's see here. Uh, I was I was thinking like Washington Bullets, like that's what their basketball oh. team used to be, just to do it, just have everything just come full sell circle, it back out, full yep. circle. All right, we're done with Washington. The Eagles, the Eagles, Eagles, the Eagles. All right, I think Philadelphia is the top of this division. Agreed. Offensive line's good. Now they did lose um, Brandon Graham to tearing his ACL. They, um, they have the two best quarterbacks in the division. <laughs> Jalen Hurts and uh, Carson Wentz. I, arguably, I actually am not disagreeing with you there, right? I'm trying to think. I definitely think 
who who else? One healthy Carson Wentz is top five in the league. I love Carson Wentz. I actually do. And now, granted, we're ginger, so we kind of we have we have biases here. We are we we are always forward with our bias, though. We tell you when we are biased on something. And, and I remember when we did the uh, the podcast on draft night. I I was saying Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback in that draft. So. I wouldn't. I hey, listen. I, I actually could. I think there was a lot of teams that could have used Jalen Hurts way more than they than than needed. I, I don't know. So okay. It was, it was, I, I agree with you there. I think their quarterback room is probably the best in this division, hands down. Offensive line, uh, they got Jason, Jason Peters. They, they got Jason Kelsey. They have Jason Peters coming back to play right guard. Yeah. And then Andre Dillard's going to be playing left tackle. Um, they do list. They do lose like one of the best guards. Actually, probably the best guard in the division, which is or second best. I think it is impressive with Brandon Sheriff and Zach Martin in that division. Also have Brandon Brooks in that division, and he you know tore. I think he either his Achilles or his, his ACL. Um, Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson on the other side. He's actually he didn't opt out, but he's on the COVID exempt list. So he got he apparently has COVID. Oh shit! Or may have COVID. Get well soon. Um, I could be wrong on that though. They could have just I don't. Um, so offensive line still good offensive line. They also drafted two guys the with Prince Tego Winogo and um Drake Driscoll, both guys out of Auburn. Uh, defensively, right? Uh, you know they signed Javon Hargraves in free agency, former Steeler. They have Derek Barnett. Maybe they get the you know now into the the later years on him. Their defense is pretty dang good with Fletcher Cox, right? Yeah. Got to love him as a defensive lineman there. Um, I think they still have Malik Jefferson on this team. They got they have a deep D line. They have no problem spending money on D line. Now they're gonna get hit with their cap next year. There was actually a lot of questions about that, especially with the cap crunch, how they're gonna handle that. And you'll restructure contracts and figure it out down the line. Um defensive line's very good. Brendan Graham still there too. They gave him an extension a year or two ago. So their D line is set. Probably one of the, the maybe the best D line in that division. Yep. Oh wait, no. Well, we just Washington talked about Washington. I still let them let have that. I I think it's arguable though. Yes. I think it's arguable. Yeah. Um, linebacking core is not sexy, but their corners have gotten better, right? They traded for uh, Darius Slay. Um, say you know they're gonna hope Jalen Mills can move to safety. Um, they didn't draft a corner in this draft, right? If I can't remember correctly, I don't remember. They didn't spend a high pick on a corner. They did draft a lot of receivers. In fact, they went for Jalen Rager. Then they went ahead and drafted uh, as a Quez Watkins. A lot of people were expecting them to take uh, C.D. Lamb, but their division rival Cowboys got. Yep, they did not get to take C.D. Lamb. There were some reason. questions whether they were trading up to yeah. get C.D. Lamb or uh, the, the other one. Who was the other guy? Oh, Henry Ruggs was the other one people yeah. were talking about because they were looking for speed on that offense. And they definitely addressed it this offseason with speed, right? They traded for Marquise Goodwin. He actually opted out for this season because he's got a... Uh, I forgot they still have have a Deshaun Jackson. Who, they do. Who did quote Hitler the other, like, couple weeks ago. Yeah, that went over so well, Deshaun. Maybe not do that. Here's, here's a little advice. Um, uh, is like, under no circumstances do you have to hand it to Hitler. No, Never. no. Yeah, well, maybe you can hand him the gun when he. Never mind. Um, I won't, I don't think I'd trust Hitler with a gun though. That's true. Maybe the cyanide capsule. Um, back to football. A uh, uh, lot of speed. They they wanted to address speed. Uh, Jalen Rager's very fast. Uh, Quez Watkins is fast. Uh, Marcus Goodwin. They intended to bring in as far as a trade goes. He was fast, but now opted out. Still have Deshaun Jackson. They also still have te- technically Alshon Jeffrey on the team. Um, he's not fast, but he is a uh, he's kind of a basketball player playing football kind of deal. Uh, they also have, and if he can't play, they also have JJ Arthaga Whiteside who uh, hopefully in year two will take a step forward. I think he's going to be the eventual replacement for Alshon Jeffrey. They also have maybe the best tight end tandem in the NFL with Goddard uh, and Ertz. Goddard and Ertz. Goddard maybe one, I think, might be a top five tight end in the NFL eventually, uh, if he's not already. I do think he's a really good tight end. Um, and I'm not just talking about his butt. Uh, so, I again, I, and then running back. They got Miles Sanders, who is fast, who is quick he seemed to develop as a running back last year 
Um, they got rid of Jordan Howard. He's they got now Boston Scott also. Boston Scott. Boston Scott came on last year. Boston Scott's oh, been around, I but I mean, to, he's like week uh, week uh, seventeen went to that game. He scored with like what, like two, three touchdowns or so. He did. He he did really well. He he's good catching out of the backfield. He's quick. He's very quick. He's like he was like one of the fastest pieces of that offense that game because they had no other speed guys and also because Miles Sanders was kind of dealing with an injury that week. So running back core, interestingly good, not spectacular, but Miles Sanders might be the bell cow there. So that's a keep uh, that's a good thing to keep an eye on. Uh, Boston Scott, very. Uh, very fun little piece guy, kind of can be good catch, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Can even kind of play receiver replacement. Yeah, basically. Um, I, I I think this is the team to beat. Me too. NFC East. Too. It's I think, I think just Cowboys we, have like, I think they have more pieces, but I think the what like when Carson like Dak's a very good quarterback, but when Carson Wentz is on, he's a great quarterback. Yeah, the way and, I look at it is that when you look at the weaknesses of each team, right? What's the real weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles? A receiver, maybe. Maybe, but not really, because they went ahead and attacked receiver exactly. a little bit in free agent in the in the draft. So, and, and you know, you have guys coming back from injury, so they might not be that much of a problem. Um, especially if you're hoping Jalen Rager plays really well. When you look at defense, corner on the other side from Slay, maybe yeah. uh, linebacker, uh. Yeah, maybe safety. I don't it, It's really not like the word. Like, their defense isn't horrible. They got depth on the D line. They have really good strengths and not a lot of weaknesses. Right. And Dallas has some weaknesses. Washington's pretty much most weakness except for D line. And then Giants are weird. So let's do our countdown. Let's do the roll down, right? Four, three, two, one. And where do you think? I think. Last place is going to be the Washington football team again. Just, Tis agreed. I think there will be improvement because Ron Rivera is a good, no nonsense guy. Dwayne Haskins is going to be in year two, but I could still, I still see them. I think number three spot, Giants, another team I think is going to improve, but just won't be a playoff team. I got, like I said, like, like around seven nine range, I could see them going. This is agreed. I yeah. kind of, I, I get you there. Um, Cowboys, I think are going to be number two. They're going to be. I think they'll make the playoffs, you know, get a wild card spot, but I think Philly's taking the division this year. I think we match up perfectly. I, I agree with you. I, I think Washington, Giants, then it goes to Dallas, and then Eagles, top of the ring. I do think there is a possibility that the Giants are worse than Washington. I think Giants are maybe the wild card for at least, like, they could even, I don't know, I don't think they'll be better than the Dallas Cowboys. But they have the wild card there in that division. I think Eagles are straight up the the top one in that division. I think Dallas has some very unique, interesting strengths, but their defense is a big question mark. So, yep, uh, that's the that's the East for everybody. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram, you can follow Harry on Harry Van Ness on Harry Van at, at, at yeah, yes the, the today. Um, and you can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. That's B R O J O. Death is in the end of life. Punch, like um, fruit punch. Yes, yeah, that is a thing. Fruit punch is a thing. You're always like you're always like violence, but like by like punching somebody. But I'm like, what about the drink? Like people, the can't delicious enjoy drink it. you drink in the summer. Exactly. Yes. So go enjoy some fruit punch, kids. Yes, or punch a grandma. I don't know. Uh, don't punch any grandmas. Also, like, follow, It's okay to subscribe. punch a grandma if she's, like, not wearing a mask or saying the N-word at Walmart. Then it's okay. But Exactly. Like, follow, subscribe. Find us somewhere on the intergrams. And, intergrams. Um, yes. And uh, take care. Uh, go check out the other video we did where we talked about the AFC North yes. and NFC. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I was about to pass. I was about to pass.